everybody on this April the 1st in the year of our Lord, 2020. I'm Tom Baker. You're listening to Wednesday's Bible study, and it's on April the 1st. Not really April Fool's Day. A lot of people think that. But this coming Sunday is a dual Sunday. It's first of all called the Sunday of Palm Sunday, and it's also called uh, the Passion. Uh, we took a look on Monday at a wonderful passage from the epistle, but what we want to do today right now is take a look instead at Palm Sunday. And we're going to talk about it. It's out of John chapter 12. And you may find it interesting what happened just before that. In John chapter 12, if we're taking a look at uh, 1 through 8, what happens is Mary, when Jesus was at Mary and Martha's house, and this is after the raising of Lazarus from the dead. Lazarus was also reclining with them at the table. She took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. But Judas Iscariot, the one who was about to betray him, why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? So he was complaining that it was a waste of money. But Jesus said to him, Leave her alone, so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For the poor you always have with you, but you do not always have me. Now, a large crowd had gathered at the home of Mary and Martha. They learned that Jesus was there, and they came not only on account of him, but they wanted to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So, verse 10 is really interesting. The chief priests made plans to put Lazarus to death as well, because on account of him, many of the Jews were going away and believing in Jesus. Now, that's really kind of critical. A lot of people don't realize that they not only planned to kill Jesus, but they planned to kill Lazarus also. Uh, nothing appears to have come from their plans to Lazarus. At least we don't hear of anything from the Bible. And it's the next verse that begins the Paul Sunday celebration called the Triumphal Entry. It's John 12, verse 12. And so we want to take a look at that. So what does it say? Well, it begins by simply talking the next day. So this would be the day after the meal with Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. 
the large crowd that had come to the feast heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. Now, of course, Jesus had told his disciples that he was going to go to Jerusalem in order to die and then be raised on the third day. They appeared only to really hear that he was going to die, and they were really against him coming. But Jesus had made up his mind, and the fullness of time had come. And what did they do? Verse 13, so they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, crying out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the king of Israel. So these uh, branches or palm branches from the palm trees, they were quite available at that time. Palm trees were definitely uh, grown in Israel. And it was kind of a way in announcing royalty. It's kind of putting out the red rug. Uh, you, you see the red rug sometimes when the president may land in a different country or at movies, etc. cetera. Uh, and uh, the actors and actresses are being honored. And they sing out, Hosanna, Hosanna. That's really of Hebrew origin. And it really means to be propitious. In other words, it's a glory word given to important people. And in this case, it's given to none other than God himself. Now, how many of them realized he was God at that time? Well, we're not sure. They definitely knew he had raised Lazarus from the dead. But as to whether or not they knew he was God, only God would know that. So they sing Hosanna. And as I said, that's from the uh, Hebrew. Uh, it's used to express adoration, praise, or joy. And so it's a word of joy. Specifically in the Bible, the Latin is Hosanna. The Greek is Hosanna. And it's from the Hebrew word. And it really means to save, a rescue, or savior. It's used in verses in the Hebrew text and often means to help or to save or I pray. Now, actually, it is a girl's name pronounced Hosanna, and can mean God saves us. 
The name was used since the 13th century as a name for girls. Later was taken up by the Puritans. Puritans. And what does it mean? Hosanna in the highest. It's acknowledging Jesus for his ultimate sacrifice and what it means for us and mankind as a whole. Very, very important word that Jesus is hearing. And right after Hosanna, it says, blessed. That word blessed also means to celebrate with praises. So if you say someone is blessed, boy, you're really happy about that because they're also bestowing blessings. Now, sometimes we say that about our parents or about politicians or maybe our government agencies, that they are blessed because, like during this coronavirus, we're being blessed with receiving funds from the government. But in this case, we're being blessed because he is coming in the name of the Lord. Now, what does that mean? The word name here in the original is onama. And what it means is a person is reckoned by his name. That's why he was called Jesus, because Jesus means he saves us. He's also referred to as Emmanuel. And what does Emmanuel mean? God with us. So, Hosanna, blessed, and then the next is the king of Israel. Now, who was the king of Israel? Was none other than David. So what we're saying here is that Jesus is the blessed one. And there's different translations depending on which Greek text you follow. The ESV says, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the king of Israel. King James says, blessed is the king of Israel that comes in the name of the Lord. And the New American Standard, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. And the NIV and the New King James are similar. They all refer to Jesus as coming in the name of the Lord. And remember, the word Lord here, curious, is referring to God himself. There's another word for Lord, Adonai, but that is more like a master of a farm. It can refer to God. And if you were a Jew reading the Old Testament, you really took seriously that phrase, don't take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. So when they saw the Hebrew word Yahweh in the Hebrew, which was the name that 
God had given to Moses, they put, when vowels came out, originally the Bible wasn't written with vowels, but when they were inserted, they used the vowels from Adonai, and they were taught not to use the name of God, Yahweh, lest they do it in an improper manner, and instead say Adonai. Well, for example, the Jehovah Witnesses didn't know that, and so they took the vows of Adonai on Yahweh, and what was the name that they came up with? Jehovah. That never was a name that the Jews ever called Jesus by. It was either Adonai or Yahweh, but if you transliterated it with the English vowels, it was Jehovah. But he's the king of Israel. So that's why many times in the New Testament, Jesus is referred to as coming from the house of David. And it says, verse 14, and Jesus found a young donkey. Uh, the actual original is a little donkey and sat on it just as it is written. Now this is John, and he's quoting here the Old Testament. Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. In other words, it is a small donkey that Jesus is coming to Jerusalem on. Now, why is that significant? Well, we learn that if a king was coming into town on a horse, wow, that's kind of that which Israelite kings rode into town on. You can find that in 1 Kings one thirty-eight. But usually by Roman times, the mount was a horse, which indicated a soldier, somebody who was coming as a warrior. By coming as a donkey on a donkey, Jesus was coming in humility and peace. That's really, really important. And we can see that happening with, I believe it was David who rode into Jerusalem on a donkey. Very, very important. And notice how it begins. Fear not. Boy, if that doesn't remind you, Mary, seeing Gabriel, fear not. Zechariah, seeing Gabriel, fear not. This fear not is really important because it says, though it is in a kind of an experience where you think you would have fear, Jesus often says, fear not, for it is I, like during the storm on the lake. Fearing not means to trust the promises of Jesus because he is the daughter of 
Zion. Now, what's Zion? It's actually the word Zion can refer to Jerusalem. It was the hill on which Jerusalem had been erected. And therefore, a lot of times the word Zion refers to the home of God. Jesus, being the daughter of Zion, meant that he was definitely from God. In fact, he was God. His disciples, look at their <laughs> reaction. The disciples did not understand these things at first. But when Jesus was glorified, then they remember that these things have been written about him and had been done to him. So this is important to remember. I often see that when I'm teaching adult instruction or youth confirmation, that a lot of times what the Bible is saying doesn't get across uh, to the hearer, and they have to hear it again and again, and it has to be explained. That's why every Sunday, it's kind of an Easter Sunday as we explain the meaning of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the grave and then his ascension into heaven. And so we believe at Pentecost, given the Holy Spirit, these things were brought to their remembrance, and all of a sudden they began to recognize Old Testament Bible verses that Jesus either fulfilled or had spoken. Like when he said from the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Hardly anyone realized that was Psalm 22. So, verse 17. The crowd that had been with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to bear witness, continued to be a witness to Jesus. And that word witness is from the Greek word where we get the word martyr. So what is a martyr? One who bears witness to the glory of Jesus, willing to die for him. So the reason, verse 18, why the crowd went to meet him was that they had heard he had done this sign. And that's already explained earlier. And the word sign there can be translated as miracle, that Jesus had done this miracle or sign of raising Lazarus from the dead. And who would not want to be curious well, the disciples not understanding this Palm Sunday, you have the crowd who had really come to see Jesus and Lazarus, the great sign. Listen to the Pharisees, verse 19, Luke, John 12. So the Pharisees said to one another, you see that you are gaining nothing. Look. The world has gone after 
him. So they're really saying it's really useless to follow this Jesus. They're kind of exasperated at the growing popularity of Jesus. And that's where they really decide, no, he must be put to death. So this is a very helpful passage from the Bible because we continue to have a Palm Sunday in our worship. We praise the Lord. We sing hosannas to him. We give him thanks. We regard him as the king of Israel. Because if you look at Romans 9 to 11, the new Israel is the holy Christian church. And all who are baptized are part of that new Israel. And we're going to be talking to Israel tomorrow on Rumination Thursday with Wes Reimnitz as we again see another facet of this coronavirus and what effect it's having, having on Israel, the church. Tune in tomorrow. God bless. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.